movies are a thing. They are a thing, last I checked anyway. They are indeed a thing. The motion picture. <laughs> it's a picture that is moving. <laughs> Sometimes they're animated. Sometimes they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean... Oh, hello. Hi. Welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. <laughs> Why are you so monotone? <laughs> it's it's episode 134. <laughs> are you booing the, the 134 aspect of this? <laughs> no, I'm booing. I wasn't booing anything. I was just laughing you, at the fact that you were raspberrying me. <laughs> raspberrying you, yes. <laughs> oh man i'm jared joined as always by doc allen ladium hello and this is the podcast where we have conversations about anime video games manga all that movies and movies the motion picture genre yep it's not a genre it's a medium it is a medium i don't know what i'm talking about anymore um good question but that's fine like <laughs> I don't think either of us know what we're talking about anymore. Nope, never. <laughs> uh, we're talking about a film today that we watched last night. Yep. As of when we're recording this. Correct. Um, based in a series that you have no, no experience grounding. with. No grounding with. Uh, a series that I do. Mm-hmm. So I got to be like, hey, here's this, this, and this. Uh, but this is... Um, from a production team that we are very familiar with. Big fan. And a director that we're familiar with. Big fan. So there, there is all that. Uh, we watched Liz and the Blue Bird. Kaka, mm-hmm. kaka. It is a film. It is indeed a film. Oh, it is. Oh. That's my belly. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were like, your belly's like, oh, oh, let me, let me interject here with a, with a thing. No, Max was standing on my belly. And no, it was. Uh, <laughs> please get off my belly. <laughs> He was just standing on it, and it hurt. Liz the Bluebird is a a spinoff film from the Sound Euphonium series, uh, which was a anime television series that ran in, like, 20... The second season came out in 2016. I think the first season came out in 2015. Let's double-check as I... 2015, yeah, I was right. Cool, good job. Uh, They've come out with a few films... After that, like compilation films that have, that basically retell the story and all that, uh, all that is based off of a bunch of light novels that have uh, been published and everything. There's only been one that's come out in English, which is a shame. That was like two years ago, so the rest are definitely not coming out huh. over here. Um, Hioka situation. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, this was this is the uh, a spinoff that kind of takes a one of the stories from the first half of the second season and puts it out into its own its own own separate story kind of changes some things here and there um but yeah that's that is the whole gist of this uh this was directed by uh famed kyoto animation director naoko yamada who of course was a director in kaon directed a silent voice and now this is her follow-up to a silent voice essentially in, in the director directorial role all that all that stuff uh and also like like i said done by kyoto animation so it looks baller as so amazing like you between got that going for you her and having the animation team it's just like okay yeah of course this is gonna be amazing <laughs> the uh, the the kyoto animation flex is in full effect here oh not, it the, not the character flex is. but just them flexing the hey hey we're really good at our job we're really good at what we do <laughs> do you want to see well we'll show you exactly how good we are at what we do it's true it's true and it's like, guys, really, you can calm down. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this film came out uh, last year in Japan on April 21st, 2018, and then was brought over to the States in theaters, as you mentioned, uh, on November 9th, 2018, and then came out on Blu-ray and DVD, home video, uh, <laughs> earlier this year on March 5th, 2019. So relatively recent. Yeah. Uh, gotten some rave reviews here and there, so I obviously I was interested in it because of the the source material and everything. But you came into this fairly blind. Um, 
really blind other than knowing that it was Kyoto animation. Right. Uh, I guess with that in mind, like, do you think this film works as its own, like kind of like as its own entity? Like, even though it does like have all these ties to this other, to this like overall parent series, like does it work on its own as a, as just like a, a, a singular entity story? Yes. Okay, there you go. That's that's it. All we need to know. No, it really Podcast does. over. It really does. Um, <laughs> because, like, there were some elements here and there that you're like, oh, this is a reference to this, or this character is this. But at the same time, like, I felt like I wasn't really missing anything by not mm-hmm. knowing that. Um, because the focus was on, like, these two characters and their dynamic, and also the fairy tale section of it. So, like, that felt like it was what mattered. Mm-hmm. And so, like, not having all the the details of the show, like, I, I was fine. And they anything that I missed, like, the fact that the one girl, um, like, dropped out at one point and then came back, like, they addressed in the movie. So it wasn't like I was just completely confused as, like, oh, that happened? Wow, that's weird. Um, although I was confused for a while because I thought it was like an all-girls school and then like nope. they, they were talking about boys in their like chemistry class or biology class. And I was like, where are you, boys? <laughs> but then I found one. You found one boy. One boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I felt like it was it was pretty solid as a standalone. I don't think that it... I understand that it's like inspired from and also like part of the series, but it doesn't feel like it has to be. Right. Like this could be honestly like completely unrelated and I wouldn't know. Like mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's my say on it. There you go. The word um, of Al. I would agree with you on that, especially even though I come from a background of knowing like the the original series and everything like it does a good enough job on its own to where like you don't really need to have those preconceived notions with that prior knowledge of what's happened in this series to really get at the story of like these two characters specifically. So um, it does a good enough job of just like telling their story specifically. And like, if you, if you've watched the series before, like there's, enough, you get like, like nods and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, I know what that's a reference to, but like, you don't have to have it in order to understand it. Right. Which I think is good. I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say something, then I just completely forgot it when I went on that little tangent. But up, up, but up, up. Up. Um. Oh. Um. One of the th- I I mentioned this on Twitter, um, back when I first watched this, but like one of the things that really stuck out to me when when watching this film, which made me watch it in a different light because I got very like just analytical about it, was was the idea of how the cinematography worked, in that there was a lot of just like shots where the camera just doesn't move right a lot of just still shots and that is very like prevalent throughout the entire film like if you like went and like calculated like the amount of like just still still shots to moving shots i bet it's like 30 to 40 percent of the shots in the film are moving which seems real low yeah for like just any kind of production in general um which I thought was just interesting because, like, a lot of... I mean, it is a kind of, like, a slow-moving film. So, like, you don't need a lot of just, like, rushing camera shots and all this, like, craziness. But, like... Action hero. Yeah. Like, you can have just a lot of just just shots that are just, like, focused on the character and just, like, kind of um, have them just, like, stay there, essentially. Um, which is interesting because, you know, we gave the Orange live-action film some flack for just having a bunch of just shots that were, like, lingering too long. Lingering. But, like, but for this, it works in, like, a different way than I think that did. I think it's different <laughs> um, because the lingering shots in Orange didn't really have any kind of, like, purpose. Right. Um, and a lot of the ones here actually have some kind of point mm-hmm. other it- than just being a flex. Yeah, and I think, like, even, like, when you, it, it does a good enough job to, like, where you, you if you notice it, you will notice it, mm-hmm. um, and specifically, like, you'll see all of these, like, stationary shots, but, like, when they actually do camera movement, it, like, it makes the, that shot in particular feel important in a yeah. way that, like, it normally wouldn't. 
which I think is a very impressive like just technique that they were able to pull off and and not even like just the scope of an anime film but just in the film in general because that's just not a thing you really you're really ever going to pick up on unless you you know how to like look at film <laughs> or like study study that type of media in particular but it's it's a really cool thing to kind of just like look at and be like oh wow this you know this makes this like shot because they're, they're actually moving the camera it makes it feel a lot more poor it makes it kind of feel like it has this more gravitas to it and it's it's very interesting like i i was kind of blown away by that when i watched it the first time but then it also made us notice it in k-on yeah like i the first episode of uh jared and i watched k-on we did after i watched this i like specifically was looking out to see like does k-on kind of do the same thing and like the first episode we watched of k-on like there was like maybe there was like less than 10 moving shots in that episode yeah and it was like all right except like the the next episode like kind of just like completely subverted that and had a bunch of moving shots but like it's it's interesting that like oh like it yeah this is definitely a thing yeah so that was that was a that was kind of a fun parallel i don't know if that episode's out yet it might be out relatively soon but uh you'll definitely hear us talk about that on a either we've already talked about it or on a future episode of jared now watch because mm-hmm. i i definitely made mention of that but yeah did. cinematography in this film is very interesting and i and it's definitely something if you have an eye for you can pick up on mm-hmm. relatively like early on in the film but yeah uh let's discuss this film okay this movie this animated drama film liz has very long legs <laughs> got that clamp look going for her she really has that clamp <laughs> look like she's taller than the deer how are you taller than a deer anyway this is irrelevant to the plot got long legs <laughs> imagine if she stick her leggy out <laughs> she stick her leggy out way far it's a mile long. <laughs> Basically, the deer is like, "Whoa, I am so jealous." Look at that leggy. <laughs> uh, so this this film kind of falls into two different stories. Uh, one is of the titular Liz and the Bluebird, which is a a fairy tale, um, that gets explained throughout the film, and then the other story is about these two uh, the two characters that are the main characters of the film, uh, Misere and Nozomi. Mm-hmm. Who are uh, members of the the uh, the the concert band club from their school, which I completely forget the name of. One is a flutist, and one is an oboist. Oboist, an oboe player. Oh well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, and they're friends. Some might say the best of friends. They are. They are good friends. They are also tasked to play. Uh, the solo sections of their they're playing the the uh the musical piece based on Liz and the Bluebird and they have this big solo section and they are, you know, the key components to that. Um, one thing that I was thinking about and I'll bring it up again later as we move through the story, but when we're first introduced to these two girls, like, um, Misere, is that her name? I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, um, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, Misere. Okay, her. Yes. She's like sitting alone and she's like waiting on the stairs and very quiet. And then Nozomi? Nozomi. Yeah. She shows up and is like, hey, let's go. And, um, the other one follows behind her. And that's a thing that is important that she's always following behind her mm-hmm. anyway uh, they make very clear like early on that like uh, nozomi is very like outgoing uh friends with a lot of different people and misery is like very like the opposite of that she's you know friends with nozomi but that's pretty much it in terms of like who she kind of like hangs around with and everything um it makes me want to call her misery <laughs> misery loves his company it's true. But up, 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 up. Uh, but yeah, you 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 very much early on see that that dynamic between the two. But they are, 
they are friends and everything, so they have that going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, my leggy went to sleep. But yeah, that they basically have this big this big piece they have to perform, and it is based on Liz and the Bluebird. So uh, Nozomi has like a book that's like kind of like a a big old picture book that kind of tells tells the tale of it, and she lends <laughs> it to Nozomi, or she lends it to Mizure, excuse me, and Mizure uh, reads it for the first time and. That's kind of like how like the film transitions into telling that story, to where like they basically even like go forth and change like the art style and everything, make it more of like a like a Studio Ghibli, Disney type of like animation look. It's very bright colors. Um, mm-hmm. The character designs just look different. Like they have like kind of that, that more fantasy look to them. Um, once again, a- AKA the Kyoto Animation flexes on effect here. Basically, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's legit. Like, when we were watching, I was like, wow, this is really Disney princess because it's just, like, animals everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this 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 film is just insanely pretty. It is. Insanely pretty. It's ridiculous. Like, legit the whole time I was watching, I was like, damn, this is gorgeous. Like, it's unfair how pretty this is. And even like when they're doing like the high school scenes, like not even the fairy tale parts of it, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Anyway, continue. I interrupted you by talking about prettiness. No, it's great. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's that Kyoto Animation Flex. Uh, but basically, in the like the the fairy tale section, you learn about Liz. She she makes bread. She sells bread. Uh, she lives in a house by herself. Um, kind of doing her thing. Uh, there's a big storm that happens and then like the next day she finds there's a person just laying in the ground. Yeah, there's not in the ground, but on the ground. She's just in the ground stuck. <laughs> uh, the storm she's, blew me into the ground. She's a Bethesda character. <laughs> um no, but she's just like on the ground and Liz is like, Oh no, there's a person. Are you okay, person? And person is like all dressed in blue and has blue hair. Hmm, I wonder who this person could be. Hmm. hmm. Uh, so yeah, Liz and this unknown person get very close and all this sort of stuff. Um, and Liz wants them to like spend forever together. Mm-hmm. Forever together. It's a new phrase. Uh, together uh, forever is a Rick Astley song, and that is what she wants to sing to. Of this course, new you would person. know that. <laughs> but yeah that is basically kind of the gist of that story and becomes kind of like a a key component throughout the the entire film of just like uh how the two of them interpret the story and like how they have to kind of like also interpret it in a way that they have to perform the their selected piece together and have to like blend together the the respected characters feelings for each other and all that um and it becomes kind of uh, it becomes troublesome for the two of them to to keep that up essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they start having conflict. They start having conflict. Um, also, just sort, but they're a little blowfish in this, and they are adorable. Tiny little blowfish. They're little bitty babies. I was like, you guys are so cute, and I legit like every time the blowfish showed up, I was like, oh, look at you. Like go, oh. and there's even a joke about the blowfish at one point because one of the girls like is compared to the blowfish, and she's like, Whoa. <laughs> "Why would he compare me to a blowfish? Is it because the dress doesn't fit?" It's very rude. Yeah, I mean, like, also just not a nice thing to say to somebody, but it's not no. Maybe he was just saying that she was cute because they're cute. I mean. There are better ways to say you're cute than you look like a blowfish. It's true. Um, so yeah, like uh like we said, uh there's a lot of scenes where you get to see like Nozomi out with like different friends and Misere kinda keeping to herself. Um There's one the of, one girl Yeah who um, tries to befriend her. One of the girls that's also like an an oboe player, uh Ridic- Ririka, uh tries to basically befriend Misere because, you know, they're they play the same instrument and everything and, and there's wants, so few of them yeah and she wants she wants to like involve her in like the other uh the other players just like hanging out and all that sort of stuff and she's um, a senpai right um like 
Miserae is senpai to the other yes. ones. Yes. Uh, so, so, so that becomes a thing as well. Like Ririka comes and uh, talks to Nozomi about it, and is like, "Does this? Does she hate me?" And Nozomi's like, "Nah, she's just shy. She'll eventually come around." Uh, and eventually, uh, Mizori does kind of like come around to her. Like, um, is very like slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like having to like kind of whittle down her wall that she puts up in front of everyone. But that becomes a thing as well. That girl is my favorite character. <laughs> She's so cute. Um, she has like little fluffy hair and like a cute little hairstyle and she has her little cardigan on and she's so nice and she has little freckles across her nose and she um she keeps saying like cute stuff every once in a while um and she does the like anime like hee hee joke or like laugh um but she she's just super pure and i was worried i'm like i hope that she doesn't do something mean because I really like her. Nah, she just wanted to be friends. She just really wanted to be friends and like genuinely wanted to be friends with her. Mm-hmm. And it was really cute and it made me happy. And then like the one time she got invited to the pool party, I'm like, yay. <laughs> Which they very much just quickly like fly by. It's like, all right, oh, that's it. Yeah, they're just like, look at this picture of this this pool party we went to. Wow. <laughs> all right. That was a thing. That existed. All right, anyways. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, so yeah, she gets a, she gets a friend and all that, but, uh, there becomes, like, a, a tension be- that happens between Mizre and Nozomi, um, Mizre, uh, has one of her teachers, like, recommend her go to a music college, he's like, hey, you should do this, you would, you know, you should look into this, it would be really good for you, um. Yeah, they find out that she only filled out her name on the, um. The career the survey. Career survey, and they're yeah. like, hey, um, you should come talk to us, because, mm-hmm. no. Can't do that. Um, so she, so she's walking with it and Nozomi sees it and is like, Hey, what's this? And Mr. is like, it's a flyer that the teacher gave me about going to this music college. And Nozomi's like, Oh, huh. And Nozomi's like, I get, or like, maybe I should, should apply. And Mr. is I'll apply if you do. That'd be great. <laughs> yep. You should definitely do that. Okay. That's our thing now. <laughs> Uh, so basically, Mizurai only wants to go if Nozomi goes and all that. Um, Nozomi's like kind of tepid about it. Uh, this kind of comes up later when uh, they're doing like a, a meeting with like the the heads of the club. So that includes uh, Yuko and Natsuki as well. Those two are characters that are more prominent in the main series. Um, they kind of go through like a, a fun little arc in the main series where like they're very like kind of. I guess, like, uh, what's, what's a good way to describe it? Um, like, feisty with each other, but then they just become friends. Um, but they are, like, the heads of the club now that, like, the, the, the third years from the first season have, have already graduated or graduated from the club specifically. Um, so, like, they're talking about kind of, like, you know, general club stuff and everything, and uh, they discuss, like, oh, you're you're going to the same college that Israel is going to... And Nozomi's like, uh, maybe, I don't know. And he's like, that's kind of like the the first kind of inklings that you see. Like, she's kind of becoming wishy-washy on it. Not wishy-washy on it, but she's not really... Uh, Indecisive on it. Yeah, she's not too sure about it. Um, and Mr. is like, <laughs> And basically, uh, Natsuki and Yuko basically are the ones who pick up on, like, something's going on between those two. Like, it's not really, like, explicit or... Maybe right. something that they've said to each other, but there's like there's something happening between the two that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes up later on when they have a big uh, practice with everyone in the band. Um, they're performing the piece that they are responsible for, um, and the 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 club advisor uh, Taki uh, basically stops them and is like, "Fluffy hair." Yes, he's the the teacher, the composer teacher. He has um, good fluffy hair. He basically stops both of them and is like, "Hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and also you need to do this, this, and this." You're not really like connecting with these characters, WTF. Or, like, or kind of having like their feelings go across with each other. You're just kind of just playing for the sake of playing. It's not you. You need to bring more emotion out into this, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that um, happens. That happens. Yes. Um. Did we skip the part where they talk about the love you game? Oh yeah, there's a weird like hug thing. Yeah, where like 
the the people will like somebody will hug you and tell you like all the reasons that they love you and think you're great um and at one point like misery like puts her arms out like she wants a hug and nozomi is just like maybe later mm-hmm. and so that's another like indicator of there being an issue there yeah uh, once the whole thing that happens in like club practice, uh, uh, I believe Yuko is talking with Mizore and just like just discussing things. And uh, Reina, who's one of the main characters in the original series, like comes up and it's like, "Hey, gotta talk to you about something." And then she talks to uh, Mizore and is like, "Hey, I know you can kind of like play better than this. Like, why are you holding back? Why are you not playing up to your strengths? Like, you should." be doing better like i don't understand what you're doing um which makes sense if like you know her character from the original series where she's like she's very blunt and she will not like bs around and telling you like how she feels essentially so like it, it it's very much in line with like that character but um misery basically just denies it and is like i'm this is this how i play it's not i'm not doing anything different um but again, like since Yuko's there, she basically kind of picks up like on this is something's happened. We need to figure this out. Was this Christina V? Yeah. Or is that a different character? No, it's, that's that's V. Okay, cool. Um. So I think after that, after that. That's where you basically begin to see like the the rift between them like really start to kind of become a thing, where you're like no one's really like saying anything bad about the other one. It's just like there's something's happened here, and they are kind of like just growing apart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene that kind of like specifies this particularly when like uh Misere is having like is talking with like the teacher who gave her the recommendation to go to the college, and they're in the the club room and she sees uh nozomi looking towards her and misery is like it's like waves her and nozomi just like sees that and just looks away and goes back to talking to who she was talking to mm-hmm. and misery is like oh what what that's not good um that eventually leads to natsuki and yuko like basically having like a discussion with nozomi be like hey what is going on with you two like you need to somehow figure out how to fix this or it or everything's kind of going to kind of go to go to shambles because you guys are not going to be able to play together with the way things are going Uh um this brings into conversation the whole thing about how uh nozomi had quit their first year uh then eventually came back uh she did all this without telling uh though which became a kind of a point in contention um is a is a it's a story element that basically gets explained more in detail in the like the base series. Uh, they kind of they don't really go into it much here. They only kind of just explain it about like how it related to those two. But uh, it was more of a thing of like there was a lot of first years who basically thought they just couldn't cut it, and like there was a kind of like almost a mass exodus of the first years uh, during that time. And then some of them eventually do come back, and there's like this weird contention between like those who stayed and then those who come back, like. Like, you, you're really going to come back after we put in all this work just to, like, write our coattails. Like, that kind of, like, feelings between the two. Um, and it becomes, like, more of a thing in the main series. But for this, it's just more focused on uh, Mizure and Nozomi's uh, relationship and how that affected them in particular. Um, Nozomi basically thinks that, like, oh, you know, it happened so long ago. Like, she's maybe she think, she still thinks badly of it, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um and Natsuki and Yuko like basically eventually kind of figure out like it, you, you need to figure out exactly what's going on between you two like you need to have a talk about this and all that sort of stuff while they're having that discussion uh they notice that um or actually they hear uh um what's her face that's what I that's what I call people what's her face I they mean haul- I'm terrible at names so you're doing better than me <laughs> uh they hear Reina and Kumiko playing uh the the Liz and the Bluebird part that Nozomi and Mizure are supposed to play and they're playing it very very well very well 
and <laughs> I think one I think not it's Natsuki or Yuko makes like a comment of like oh that that's 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 Kumiko all right like she's gonna she's gonna do something to show off like that um but they hear like what it's supposed to sound like and that basically like that gives Nozomi like this weird like kind of like being light bulb moment of like maybe I don't want to be a professional with this like maybe I don't want to go to like music college like maybe I'm just not this isn't what I want to do um and then that kind of becomes like the the key to them moving towards the end of this where Mizure and Nozomi have their big uh confrontation essentially mm-hmm. where Nozomi is just like kind of like airing out her grievances and is like hey this is this isn't going well like I I feel like I've kind of just misled you I've been holding you back I'm the reason you're not playing as as great as you should be like all of this is my fault you should you should basically hate me for this all this sort of stuff and Missouri is like no 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 big nose (laughs) (laughs) um Missouri is like you know discusses like how even though they had the whole thing in the first year of you know she left and didn't tell her and it did hurt Mizure but uh Ozomi was like the person who got her into playing the oboe and everything and got her into the concert band and like she's she was the person who talked to her made her her friend and everything like she's so grateful for that um and like even though like all of this this happened has happened she's not like necessarily like thinking oh you're a terrible person like to to misery like nozomi is like her her light to her essentially right um so they have this big old thing and they get to they get to do their hug finally they do i mean like this is the most that we hear like misery talk the whole movie Mm -hmm. basically is this entire like blowout confession moment and all of this kind of revolves around like the way that they the both the two of them interpret the ending of Listen the Bluebird. Correct. Where Misere is like, I don't understand why she would let the bird go. Like, why would she do that? Like, if you want to be friends with her forever, like, why would you let her go? Because mm-hmm. that's that's the, the end of it is Liz eventually letting the bird go because she sees that the bird is starting to feel lonely, not being able to hang out with other birds and everything. And even though like they they will still like you know be friends and everything, like you sometimes have to let people go. Mm-hmm. Basically. Um, Nozomi has kind of a similar feeling of the ending more just like you know they should stay together because it would be a happy ending it's kind of more of a nonchalant way to look at it right unless just like I'm fueled by emotions when this comes to this Um, eventually both of them like learn through separate means of like what the the ending actually is supposed to mean Mm-hmm. And they kind of come to that realization at the same time that that leads to that confrontation of and like what they basically like say in it and how they feel coming out of it um, where, you know, basically from that uh, Nozomi realizes that like, you know, I'm, I'm probably not cut out to, to go to this music uh, college like you are like considering, you know, I was never like offered offered it or anything or like talked about it or anything. So like I'm going to go try and find like just a regular college essentially and study up and get ready for that um misery of course is you know going to continue on her path and everything but they're still gonna play the 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 solo part together they there's another like um big performance section where um they come into practice and misery basically like immediately is like can we start with the the third section Mm -hmm. and they go into it and like nail it nail it and like literally leaves people in tears yep like with how much they literally like knock it out of the park and like all of like the teachers that are there are just like flabbergasted like holy crap you guys <laughs> you nailed it including that weird hawaiian shirt teacher <laughs> yes like i said i don't know if he was actually like a character in the first one but he, he is, is very yeah. odd and he just kind of just shows up and i'm like hello hawaiian shirt it's, man. it's one yeah it's one of those things where like if you would watch the original series you would know those two as like yeah. you know, they come in and help the the concert band whenever they have time because they're friends of the of taki okay the floofy hair teacher Mm-hmm. i love her i want to marry his fictional hair <laughs> He also wears Hawaiian shirts in the the original series as well, so okay, that's also mind. a thing. 
Never not, not him, the, the, the okay. Hawaiian shirt guy. <laughs> okay, he wears the, the Hawaiian shirts throughout the rest of the series. The Hawaiian shirt man. Yes. Um, but yeah, eventually, like, you just, like, the end of the movie is kind of, like, them doing their own things, Nozomi and Mizure, uh, and then coming together and talking about how, like, Nozomi tells her that, like, she's going to try her hardest to help her uh, get through the section and not, like, let her down or anything like that. And they both are like, we're, we're going to do our best together. Um, gone by Ruby. They're going to gone by Ruby throughout it. And uh, they go, they end the movie and they're walking together home. Or off, they're off to go get food and whatnot. And they're happy. Um, And the whole ice cream thing happens, which is a funny Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing because, like, uh, there's a scene specifically where you see um, two characters um, from the first series, uh, Hazaki and Sapphire, who are just, like, talking about how if, like, you say the same thing, you have to say happy ice cream. And then the person who doesn't say it has to buy you ice cream. It's basically mm-hmm. Jinx, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's a very weird scene because they only, they're only included just for that scene. And it's, like, very quick and then it's done. And it, it's... But it's, it makes sense at the end. It makes sense at the end, but also it's just it's a strange scene. Like it's only <laughs> it, they only put it there just to include those two specifically, and then they bring it up at the end. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but I mean, you do see a lot of character growth in it, and the fact that she like is trying to do these things that other people are doing, and is interested in like mm-hmm. communicating honestly because she wasn't before. Right. Um. And the one thing that I mentioned at the beginning is that, like, she always walks behind her. And that's one thing that I find really interesting. And that doesn't, they walk a little bit more, like, evenly at the end, but the, she's still always behind her. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, it, it may just be like a, a character quirk, um, which, you know, I am no professional, but I would assume that she has some version of slight social anxiety. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's, she's always going to like, remember her back. Mm-hmm. It's really depressing. I mean, she also has like that, that quirk where like, you can tell she's uncomfortable when she like, she messes with her hair. Yeah. Yeah. She had that thing going for her as well. Which I mess with my hair, so I get that. <laughs> um, the big thing that we need to talk about with this is what I was bringing up last night when we watched it. Mm-hmm. Is that there are multiple ways this movie could be read. Mm-hmm. In one sense, it could definitely be read as like, these two girls are friends. And they are figuring out how to like grow up together and understand each other and all that. Another way you could read this, and my first reading of it is more of a, like, discovering that you're in love with your friend and your friend is a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it may be like a, and I think, I think, and it's it's certainly implied that if it's the case here that it's a one-sided like romantic affection yeah um but i definitely saw it as a way of like misery definitely had feelings for her mm-hmm. um and and in my interpretation of the, the film and i know that it's done in a vague way purposefully right um, and I know that you said that the Japanese subtitles were a lot less like about it. Yeah, because like there's a lot of just like uh, just straight out stating of like I love you in the English mm-hmm. dub. Yeah. Um, I think the Japanese dub is a little less strong with its language per se. Um, but even then, you can still pick up on like that kind of subtext, regardless. Um. And, and like I was telling you last night as well, like this is a series that uh, the main series has that kind of subtext st- scattered throughout it as well. Like this is not uncommon for the series that, you know, you would find two characters that might have, you know, uh, like lesbian subtext within them. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, like Reina and, and Kumiko in the main series have that very much so. Um, 
Uh, it was basically it was a it was a big point throughout like just that main series as well that people very much explicitly picked up on, um, but never was like it, like in the sense here it was never like you know outright said one way or the other or like you know pushed in that direction per se. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things like you could look at it and be like, there is definitely something there that if they wanted to go that route, they could go that route. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely the case here. And like I said, I my interpretation of it is that it was a one-sided thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can look at the film overall as, like, Misery, one, understanding this feeling, but two, like, she comes to like understand who she is better. Mm-hmm. And so not only is it a sense of like, maybe she is like tackling with these feelings. She starts to understand them, but also she's like tackling with herself and she ends up, you know, able to talk with people who aren't just her. And she is able to have a life that isn't just her. Um, so she has like a couple of, moving parts in terms of growth here um but i think that it was a moment for her of like self-acceptance yeah because like you know you could also just look at this as like the 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 idea of you know that that adolescent panic of oh god i'm gonna i'm about to lose like my friend to you know we're gonna go off in separate directions like how do i handle this what do i do which yeah that's terrifying too Mm -hmm. and definitely a valid interpretation but like you you could compound that with like what you were saying as well and like for sure i think that makes that even more just like you have all of those kinds of feelings just like wrapped up in you like you're going to like not have a good time is is going to make you freak out in a way that you're not necessarily expecting and cause like some kind of potentially cause some kind of rift like what what happens in the film. Yeah. It was it was interesting for me and um I I looked into it later because I was like is is this just me that's reading it this way but I mm. it was that was not the case. No, no, um, no, no. There were other people that that read it that way but I was like I could see this. Mhm. Um, and I feel like it was done well in a way that like, I know that it's very rare, um, for it to be any kind of like blatant, explicit relationship like that in Japanese media. It It's, if it is, it's kind of played up as a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I understand that it's not going to be like explicit, but um, I like that that interpretation can definitely be there. And, um, you know, it, it's a coming of age story in many ways um, mm-hmm. for both characters, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Also, holy <laughs> it's pretty. It's, it is a gorgeous looking film, which, which isn't a big surprise given, you know, it's Kyoto animation. It <laughs> yeah. But like, they do some great work here. Like those, the background art throughout is just gorgeous looking. Um, there's great animation. Like there's there's a lot of great just subtleties to their animation of just like adding in little details and little like quirks that characters do that a lot of people just wouldn't like put in. Yeah, like one thing that I mentioned to you is that um, I like that the characters had like flyaway hairs. Mm-hmm. Like their hair wasn't just like one unit they had like little pieces that would stick out every once in a while and like they had different textures of hair and like yeah a lot of them just had like floofy hair which was nice i love floofy hair um but like a lot of the main characters like i said they had the pieces of hair that would just like stick out in a way and like um the teacher with the nice hair his like was all over the place in the back mm-hmm. so it, it kind of looks like he just like woke up and didn't brush his hair and went to work <laughs> And like that's a nice detail that people don't really think about. Like, you can you can kind of interpret a lot about a character based on something like that. Like the fact that this teacher would just show up and not brush his hair. Like you can learn a lot about who he is by that. Um, I don't know if that's how they decided that that's how his hair would be. Like because they're like ah you know maybe he just didn't brush his hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's how I read it. And so like yeah he just doesn't didn't care about that. Um, I, I love this dude's hair. Like I could sit there and talk about that dude's hair for 
Good hair. Dude, like, they are phenomenal at making hair. Like, the one character that, um, the, the, the two characters who play the performance really well, um, before our main characters do, mm-hmm. that you said were from the original show. Uh, one of them has like shorter, really floofy hair, and her mm-hmm. hair is beautiful. It's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you like, think so too, huh? There, there is a thing around people who like like the series where like they will they they see pictures of Kumiko and they're like, oh, it's the Kumiko floof. Oh, huh? Because she has the floofy hair. She does have fluffy hair. Um, like we mentioned earlier, we watched the uh, the dub of this, which is which mm-hmm. is very good. Like I was I was very interested going into this just to see, see kind of like what the quality would be and all that because um, they never dubbed the actual TV series. Um, I think they only dubbed from what I from what I read like later on like they only dubbed this and they're dubbing the other film after this even though like they are splitting uh, the cast, which is uh, very very bizarre. Um, but for what they did for this film like they did a really good job of, they did like, a really great job you know ca- 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 um, I, I don't know what I was saying <laughs> dub dubcast is really good it was really good uh, they do a good job of doing something that's what I was saying and I don't remember <laughs> they're, what... they're good at talking yeah uh, they, they do a good job of capturing the characters that's what I was trying to say um also, you know, as as we mentioned, we were watching K-On, so there's a lot of K-On representation in this film, which was very interesting to hear. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Nozomi is Stephanie Shea, who is Yui, obviously, um, but does not sound like her at all. Nope. Uh, Rurika is, I cannot pronounce her name, but she's Ui. Um, obviously, V is in here as, as Reina. Uh, Cassandra Lee Morris is in here as well. Which um, V just does her her Mio voice. She does. It's, it's straight up just the Mio voice. I was like, oh, that's the Mio voice. Yep. <laughs> like everyone else, you kind of had to like, like, listening closely. Like, oh, okay, that's yeah, okay. But <laughs> V's just like, this is just the Mio voice. Yep. <laughs> Black haired girl character, just the Mio voice. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, like they do a great job, and everyone else in the cast does a really good job as well. Like uh, the like you mentioned the the like the um, the uh, the actress who does uh, Mizore does a really good job of like um, really great. Basically, like finding the line of like being very soft spoken and everything, and then like once you have to like, once she has to kind of like pick up her voice and be very like kind of like boisterous near the end there. Like she does a really fantastic job in that aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like it's it's a really good really good dub cast uh it is a shame that they are just basically recasting everyone for the the next compilation film yeah that that's, sucks. Uh, that's a real big bummer um did i read it right that shay was the like voice director for the dub correct yes okay cool ah sorry <laughs> that was indeed also a thing me making the sound or her being oh, the voice both. director both <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Um, it good. Uh, like, like you said, like I think it it does a good enough job of just standing on its own. You don't have to come in with the prior knowledge of like watching all of Soundy Phonium to get to this point and and understand just like everything that's happening. Like it does a good enough job of just being its own standalone story. Like if you if you you know if you have watched it, you'll definitely pick up on like characters here and there to show up or like references to other characters that aren't necessarily in the film, but you know are in that universe so you'll know like know who they're talking about and everything but um on its own it, it does a really good job of just like being a story about these two characters specifically and and their their journey they go throughout uh this entire film learning about themselves and each other learning about themselves and each other it's you know so that good. sort of thing it's so good <laughs> Get to see a lot of Kyoto animation flex, not not character flex, just flexing. Just flex. Flexing on you, it's like wow, look at our greatness of our animation. Look at these colors. Look at this animation. It's insane. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Legitimately, like every time I see something there's, I'm just like, holy <laughs> y'all. Like, did you have to go that hard? 
did you? And they're like, yeah, of course we had to go that hard. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I clearly have a conversation with Kyoto Animation every time I watch their stuff. I mean, who doesn't? It's true. <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap this episode up then. Mm-hmm. We watched a film. We watched a, a dang movie. It was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, so yeah, if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalimitcheckup.com or sac.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Season Lime Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can find uh, columns and reviews on the site as well. Uh, if you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. That's where we do Twitter, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sacova. Uh, next week, we will do something. I don't know. You might be done with Bloodstain by then. We could talk about that, or we'll just talk about something else. Who knows? I might be, since I'm taking Friday off. Yeah. That's not, it's not a long game, so I would assume you I'm, like, 31% done with the castle, yeah. so, like... I think um, that game took me, like, 15-ish hours to beat. Okay, I'm at, like, 6. So, I think you'll be fine to do that. Cool. Um, if not, we'll figure something else out. We have other options on the table like always we eventually have to play resident evil 5 yes we do we do we have to do that um so yeah there's that also if you know you're just you're just hanging out this weekend uh do yourself a favor and there's some good anniversaries that have come out uh for this this week uh three years since love life sunshine debuted Mm -hmm. happening as we're recording this today Mm -hmm. uh, the three-year anniversary of that also uh sunday the five-year anniversary of Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun. Oh, what a, what good shows! Both of those mm-hmm. legit like top tier for me. So if you want to if you want to like go watch those and then listen to us talk about them, uh, we did a podcast on Nozaki Kun. It's some number. It happened like a while, a while ago, ago, last year or the year before. Uh, and then we also just did Jared now. We did a Jared now watch on Love Life Sunshine. So you want to listen to us episode talk about all episode. of those episodes and then the movie. Although, like, fair warning, I have fallen in way deeper than I ever was when we were doing Jared and I watch. You can listen to like, there's a great progression in 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 that series of <laughs> you from the very beginning being like, yeah, these these characters seem neat. To by the time we do the movie, where you're like, dude, I'm in so deep. I'm in so deep. I'm in so deep. <laughs> it's really good. Talk about character progression. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, those are good things that you should definitely check out if you have a nod, uh, specifically because they're their anniversaries and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, uh, next week we will have something else for you. So look forward to that uh, and go check out good movies from Kyoto Animation. Heck yeah. <laughs>